Luke chapter 12 and verse number 42. And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth, I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But, and if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, shall begin to beat the men servants and maidens, and to eat and drink, and to be drunken. The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, will cut him sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant which knew his Lord's will, and did prepare not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that do, knew not, and did commit things worthy of stripes, shall be beaten with few stripes. For, in whom, uh, for unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required. To whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. May we pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for another opportunity to preach your word. Thank you for each one that's come this way. Lord, teach us thy truth and help us, dear God, to receive your word and into our hearts tonight. Help me to bring the message in a way that will honor you, and we pray you'd meet the need in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I, I want to talk to you tonight about faithfulness. I, I opened the Sunday school this morning with an article about unfaithfulness. And uh, where this uh, uh, man passed away, and for 12 years, uh, the dog that he had lay on his grave for 12 years, and several other illustrations of, uh, of faithfulness. Uh, let me share two or three uh, articles with you before we get in the message. A John Hopkins University medical researcher says the incidence of fatal heart disease among infrequent churchgoers is twice as high as for men who attend church at least once a week. And then uh, this one here says, do you realize that Sunday school is important? Following facts may give a general figure that applies to most Sunday schools. 75% of the church members come from the Sunday school. 85% of the church workers come from the Sunday school. 95% of the pastors come from the summer school. Sunday school, rather. But... 60% of the grade school children do not attend Sunday school. 80% of the high school young people do not attend Sunday school. 90% of the college young people do not attend Sunday school. So uh, Sunday school has proven its importance over the years. And here's one other article. says to illustrate a child. Let me go back up a little bit. A child brought up in Bible school is seldom brought up in court. To illustrate the truthfulness of this statement, consider two examples. Judge Fawcett of Brooklyn sentenced some 2,700 young people to the reformatory during a five-year period. Not one of the entire 2,700 was a member of any Bible class. Lee Baxton was a businessman who served as a city mayor for two years. During this time, he presided over a mayor's court, hearing some 2,400 cases. He made a standing offer to pay the court cost of any person convicted of a criminal offense if that person had been regular in Sunday school attendance during that year. There were many who said they used to attend a long time ago or I plan to go when I am released, but not once in 2,400 cases did he have to pay anyone's fine. 
While Sunday school may not be a cure-all, there can be no doubt that the influence of regular church worship and Sunday school attendance is a great factor in keeping down crime. So those are some articles that I've had and uh, talked to us about uh, faithfulness. Well, faithfulness. Faithfulness, first of all, is right. Why should we be faithful? Because it is right. Uh, does God have a right, have a right to require us to be faithful? Uh, and of course, this involves more than just church attendance. It involves uh, certainly our faithfulness at home, our faithfulness uh, uh, in other aspects of life, our faithfulness in service for the Lord. Uh, in 3 John, verse 5, Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers. That was a commendation. It says, whatever you do, you do faithful. Well, you know, we expect faithfulness in every aspect of society. We expect our wife or husband to be faithful. Uh, and uh, that's certainly a, a right that we have. Uh, we expect the employer to be faithful. The employer expects the employee to be faithful. And, uh, you know, we expect that out of our doctor. Uh, you know, uh, Doug's going to have more surgery on his other knee now. And I'm sure he, he, he would expect his doctor to be faithful when he starts that operation to, to uh, complete it. You know, I've always wondered how doctor... Sometimes surgery can take uh, 10 or 12 hours and you wonder how they're able to, to uh, stand it that long, really. I don't know where they have another doctor relieves them for a period or what, how, what goes on if they're, they're right there every moment of time. But anyway, we expect that, don't we? Uh, and, uh, you know, we expect our dentist to be faithful. We expect the power company to be faithful. Uh, you know, I used to brag on our power supplier and... And this, this year, we've had more outages than <laughs> that we've had uh, over several years. Of course, recently when we had the ice storm, there was a, a lot of failure and a lot of people were out of power and we were for several hours there. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, I guess we take it for granted, you know, but uh, uh, it's a blessing. Uh, I remember hearing Tom Malone preach and he grew up in the uh, backwoods of Alabama years ago and and he said he had running water, said it was running out in the creek and he had to go run get it. <laughs> uh, but uh, he said he'd go by, go by and just flip the switch on and off. Said he couldn't hardly believe it, you know, just uh, the, to have electricity. Uh, what a blessing it is. And, uh, but it's, it's wonderful that that power's there. But, you know, you can't store it up. They have to keep generating it all the time to keep it flowing through those wires and, and uh, running their appliances and uh, turning the lights on and all that sort of thing. And, and uh, we expect the cars to be faithful. You know, I've, uh, I've got 156,000 plus miles on my pickup and it's still running. Of course, I start saying something about it and it'll probably break down this week. But uh, anyway, if I talk, let the devil know about it. Uh, but anyway, it's wonderful when they're, when they're faithful. Uh, I, want, I want a vehicle to start. When I need to go somewhere, I want it to be ready to go. And uh, so we, we have a right. And then, of course, the point I'm making is that God certainly has a right to expect us to be faithful in our service for Him. Uh, so faithfulness is right. I think we agree on that. And then faithfulness is reasonable. In Romans 12, let's just go ahead and turn there. And... Uh, a very familiar scripture in, in Romans 12. This is a scripture that really transformed my life 
Uh, I was saved when I was 10, as I've told you. Uh, but I was about 20 before I really made a full surrender to Christ and uh, turned my life over to God and said, Lord, you can take my life and do what you want to with it. And that's what, and this, these, this scripture really, I think, changed my life. And he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. So he lays out the, the reason why we should do what he's going to ask us to do. It's the mercies of God. Basically, he's saying, after God's been as good as he's been to you, then what should we do? That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Well, you know, he makes the application here to the, to the sacrifice of the Old Testament. It's kind of like sacrificing an animal in the Old Testament days. An offering is an offering to God. That sacrifice was killed. That sacrifice wasn't coming back, really. So, but in, in this case, God wants a living sacrifice. Uh, holy, acceptable unto God. And then the point I wanted to get to, which is your reasonable service. God said, I'm not asking too much of you. I'm, I'm, I'm just being reasonable. It's a reasonable service. It's not unreasonable that God's asking of us when he asks us to be faithful. And he says, and be not conformed to this world, but be it transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So uh, be not conformed to this world. He's talking about the world system, not the world of trees and rocks and mountains and valleys. And That's not, what the, not the world he's talking about. He's talking about, in First John he said, love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. It's in 1 John 2, 15 through 17, I think is the verses. But uh, be not conformed to this world, this world system that is getting farther and farther away from God not closer to God, but farther and farther. And, and it's designed for one thing, and that's to take people to hell and to, to cause Christians to become ineffective for Christ. God says, don't be conformed to this world, but be a transformed by the renewal of your mind. Now, the word that is used there, transform, is the same idea as the transfiguration, which Jesus went through when he went up on the mountain there and the glory of God shined through him. So God says, I want, the, I want the Holy Spirit that is inside of you, I want you to be transformed or transfigured by the Holy Spirit uh, that let him shine through you. Let him drive the car, so to speak, you know, uh, and be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Saved when I was 10, about 20 before I, I had any idea what God wanted to do in my life. In fact, I, I've told you the story many times. I guess you get tired of hearing these same old illustrations over and over. But, uh, uh, you know, I can't remember what grade we were in, a friend of mine. And, and uh, I know we were in 11th or 12th grade possibly in and uh, he said, I know we were talking about graduation, and he said, what are you going to do when you get out of school? I said, I don't know what you're going to do. He said, uh, he said, well, preaching isn't bad. You just preach on Sunday and lay around the rest of the time. Uh, and I was out of fellowship with God, backslid on God, 
But uh, I, I, I knew and I said, man, you can't, just, you can't just preach, decide to preach. You have to be called. And I knew I wasn't called <laughs> at that time anyway. And I told him, I said, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know one thing, it won't be preaching. <laughs> well, don't say never. And, uh, but in, anyway, when I, got, when I did what Romans 12 here says, when I yielded my life to Christ and said, Lord, I presented my body a living sacrifice, I turned my life over to you. Then God began to show me his will. I didn't know the will, will of God. And uh, there's many people, they've never, they've never done what these verses tell them to do and they, they go through life. I don't know what God wants me to do. But he says here that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And may I say, if you don't do what the Lord wants you to do with your life, then your life really don't make a lot of sense uh, when, when it's all said and done. And I think the, the greatest tragedy is going through life and not getting saved. The second greatest tragedy is, is not finding out the will of God and doing the will of God for your life and really wasting your life or living your life out of the will of God. What a terrible mistake that would be. So the faithfulness is, is right. Faithfulness is reasonable. He said it's your reasonable service. And then faithfulness is required. It's not an option. You know, God, uh, God requires us to be faithful. A scripture I used in the opening this morning, 1 Corinthians 4, 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. So he didn't say it's recommended. It's like the Ten Commandments. They're not ten suggestions. <laughs> They're ten commandments, you know. They're required. And so he said it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. That's the greatest thing of all. The greatest, the greatest uh, thing that you look for is, is faithfulness. And uh, in 2 Timothy 2, verse 2, And the things that thou hast heard of me among men and witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So Paul writes to this young preacher and he says, he said, I want you to be faithful, then I want you to take the things that I'm teaching you and I want you to teach them to others and, uh, that are faithful. And uh, so uh, God, uh, God requires faithfulness. And you know, uh, I may not be able to, to preach, and I know I can't preach as well as uh, some other preachers that I know, but I can be just as faithful as they are, see. May not be as good, but I can be just as faithful. And uh, that's kept me going sometimes when I didn't feel like it. Uh, because I want, I want to be faithful. Want to, you know, the Lord, and we're going to get to this point, it's going to be rewarded, but uh, I, I, I don't want to miss out on what God has on the other side. And so God requires faithfulness. And then let me move quickly. It's going to be rewarded. Faithfulness will be rewarded. In Proverbs 28, verse 20, a faithful man shall abound with blessings. That's what God says. He says, if you're faithful, you will abound with blessings. You want, you want to be blessed? Be faithful. Uh, that's that's uh, uh, God promises special blessings upon being faithful. And then we find in our text that we read back in Luke chapter 12, where God promises special rewards for those that are faithful. He said, uh, the Lord said in verse 42, who then is that faithful and wise steward? Now we we uh, read the verse in 1 Corinthians 4.2, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Now here he said, Who is that faithful and wise steward? Uh, 
whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. Well, there's going to be a special reward for faithfulness one of these days. And, uh, and it's something I believe to be sought after. God says, uh, uh, blessed is that servant. I remember reading the story about, uh, about this servant that uh, you know, was, uh, was to take care of this plantation or this, this house this, and uh, keep, it, keep everything in order uh, until this master returned. He said, I don't know when I'll be, I don't know when I'll be back but I just want you to do these things and take care of the responsibilities around the house and keep, keep everything, the shrubbery groomed and the lawn mowed and all these things, and, and I'll be back. And, uh, of course, uh, someone went by and saw how beautiful everything was kept and there, how, how the grass was mowed and everything was in order. And uh, they questioned the man about it and said... Uh, uh, he said, well, my master left, the owner left and gave me this responsibility and said, well, how long's that been? Said he'd be back, didn't know when he'd be back. He said, it's been 10 years. <laughs> well, that was faithfulness, wasn't it? Faithfulness. And the Lord says, blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. We don't know when the Lord's returning, but we need to be busy doing what God left us here to do. Just be faithful. You know, Noah preached 120 years. Didn't have any converts except his family, and they may have been saved already uh, there. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He got, he got his wife on, got his children and their wives on, and that's all, 120 years. That's faithfulness, isn't it? Kept building the ark. Thank God he was faithful. What if Noah hadn't been faithful? <laughs> well, well, we'd never been here, would we? You see, everybody come from Adam and Eve, but then all that general, all that civilization was destroyed except eight people. Everybody come from Noah and his family there. Everything had to start over. But Noah was faithful, and he's recorded in the book of the faithful in Hebrews chapter 9. And, uh, you know, uh, they, weren't, they weren't perfect. Uh, you read Hebrews, what did I say, chapter 9, chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, if you read that chapter... You'll find some people in that chapter that were not perfect, but God honors them because they were faithful. He talks about Enoch and, and about uh, Abraham. And, and, you know, Abraham said his wife was his sister and, and got in trouble over that. And, and uh, you know, Jacob, he, he, had, he had some problems, and, uh, but he's mentioned there because he had faith and he was a faithful man. And God honors that. Well, uh, uh, I just want to point out in, in uh, verse uh, 47 and 48, this is the scripture. You may want to mark that and remember that scripture, uh, you know, about uh, different degrees of, of punishment uh, as well as different degrees of reward. A faithful man will be rewarded, but an unfaithful man will be punished, but, all, but punishment will be based on, on uh, how, much, how much opportunity a person, how much knowledge they had. Let, and let's just read those verses again, 47, 48. And that servant which knew his Lord's will, prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. Now notice, he knew his Lord's will, he knew better, but he went ahead and did it anyway. Many stripes. Notice the contrast, verse 48. He that knew not did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. 
For, whom, for unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required. To whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. So here's a man that didn't know, few stripes. I believe the lake of fire, there will be degrees of punishment. The Bible says they're judged every man according to the works over in Revelation. And because everybody at that judgment is lost. Why judge him? Judge him by the works and to mete out the correct judgment, the correct punishment. And of course, uh, likewise, the, the, the judgment seat of Christ is for believers, only believers there, no unbelievers there. And rewards will be handed out according to works. Uh, we're not saved by works, but we'll be rewarded for our works. We're saved by grace. We're saved because of what Jesus did on that cross. When they hung Jesus, nailed Jesus to that cross, he had my sin upon him. And, and he was punished in my place for my sin. I get my sin forgiven by accepting his payment, his, his suffering. And through him I'm saved. But rewards will be given according to our faithfulness and according to our works. And the Bible said they're judged every man according to the works, the unbelievers as well as the believer. Now let's turn to Matthew 25. Matthew chapter 25. And uh, here's a great message. Matthew 25, page 1035, verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one, of, uh, to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Now notice the, uh, the difference in the talents. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. Likewise he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, I'll make thee rule over many things. Enter thine to the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee rule over many things. Enter thy into the joy of thy Lord. Now, did you notice? One gets five talents, doubles, Gets five more talents, doubles the money. Another gets two, doubles the money, gets two more. They get the same reward. Because one has, starts out with more, and uh, both of them double the money. <laughs> one, one just gets two, one gets five, but they get the same reward. I think there are going to be a lot of surprises at the judgment seat of Christ. I think there's a lot of people that have gotten a lot of praise in this world, a lot of honor in this world, and at the judgment seat of Christ, some, probably some people that were unknown, some widow lady over there praying, and nobody knew anything about, and didn't get any honor, and anything like that, but may get a greater reward than some, someone that were in the limelight. But anyway, it goes on, of course, talks about the one that had the one talent, said, Lord, I knew thou art a hard man. 
reaping where thou hast not sown, gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy towel on the earth. Lo, there thy hast, that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thy wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou wilt therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, he, that sh he shall have abundance. But from every one that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath, and cast you the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, he revealed his true character and his true heart uh, by, by a lack of uh, obedience to the Lord. Now there's the counterpart. I believe it's Luke 19. He talks about uh, the ten pounds and uh, uh, he, he, gives, uh, he gives, everybody gets the same to start with. If you study that, that story that Jesus gave, and uh, we find one comes and says, Lord, with thy pound have gained 10 pounds. And uh, that's, I'm reading from Luke 19, 16, and uh, that's page 1103. And he said unto him, Well, thy good servant, because thou hast been faithful in the very little, have thy authority over 10 cities. Second came saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. He said, Likewise to him, be thy also over five cities. Then the one, the one said, well, I didn't do nothing. <laughs> but uh, uh, different rewards, because everybody starts with one pound. One gets 10, now he's over 10 cities. The other gets five, he's over five cities. Well, is that going to really happen? I believe it will. This is talking about the millennial reign of Christ. And uh, uh, we're going to reign as kings and priests, Revelation says, with Christ on this earth for 1,000 years. And, uh, you know, those that are saved and have served Christ in this, in this generation, this day of grace, may I say, uh, is going to be rewarded. And so faithfulness will be rewarded. Revelation 2.10, Be thy faithful unto death, I will give thee a crown of life. Well, some have had to pay with their life. I don't know where, how many have ever read Fox's Book of Martyrs. It's been a long time since I've read it, but it's a, it's a wonderful book. And, uh, and it tells about the price that our forefathers paid to bring the gospel to us. And many, in the, early, in the early days of the church, the early days of the Christian church, many were killed and slaughtered for the cause of Christ. They had to pay with their life. And we owe a great deal to them. The Lord says, if you'll be faithful to death, I'll give you a crown of life. What does he require? He requires us to be faithful. Well, I've told you this story, but I'll close with it tonight. The story about, uh, about this rich man that, uh, that was looking for uh, someone to drive his, his car, drive him back and forth to places he lived in an area where there was... Uh, it was a very curvy road. Kind of reminds me of where I grew up. I, I've told people, I said, they, they must have turned a snake loose and just followed the snake, you know, around, around through those mountains and those curves. But uh, uh, he interviewed this. He, the, one of the, the main question was, how close to the edge of, of, the, of the road can you drive without, without getting, you know, going off of the road? One fellow says, man, I can, I can get real close. And uh, says, I, I believe I can get within a, a foot of the embankment and not, not go off. Others said, I can do better than that. I can get within six inches. 
and not go off over the side of the mountain. The third fellow said, uh, said I, I'm going to stay as far away from the edge as I can stay. He said, hired. <laughs> that was the man he was looking for. Well, that, that ought to be, that's what we need to do. We need to keep, keep away from the world and away from the edge and, and stay close to the Lord and just be faithful. That's what I want to do. I, you know, uh, the, the battle's about over. The Lord's coming. And uh, we'll soon be out of here for, before too long. I just want to stay with the stuff. Just stay with, with what God wants me to do and be faithful. As long as God, God uh, uh, gives me the health and the strength to do it. I just want to be faithful. Well, let's bow our heads, please.